podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is your weekend after Liverpool. Liverpool beat Newcastle United after Manchester City have lost two games on the bounce. After Tottenham have become the best team in Europe, but they might not be as good as the mighty Reds. And I want to just get do a health check on everyone, see how everyone's nerves are. Gareth, how are you? How steady are your hands? They're really steady, mate. Rock, st- rock solid. I'm, I'm on top of the world. This is what we're in it for. And, you know, it's the first time since, I think, November 2002 that we've been six points clear at the top of the league. So that's where we are. Everything matters. Everything's important. Other results matter. What other teams are doing is important. And that's brilliant because there's so many times we've been at this point in the season and there's nothing to play for and it's been all over. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember soonish years and things like that. And I can honestly remember saying to lads I go to Madrid still now, I just want to still be in contention for things like Christmas sometime soon, you know what I mean? Yeah. And here we are, past Christmas, breaking all kinds of records, playing great football, and other teams obviously scared of us were in their heads. That's absolutely brilliant. How are your nerves, John? Yeah, all right. Yeah, good. I think I've got huge amounts of faith in this team, but the, the only worry sort of a month ago is that what... What you know? Well, Mount Man City, blah blah blah, and there's the whole thing. Of, we, you know, we might be the the team who gets the most ever points and comes second. And I understood that as a kind of a concern, but and I was never worried about ourselves. I was never worried about Liverpool and what they could achieve. And so, I mean, that's not to say that you should take what we're doing for granted because it is it is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I saw loads of stats knocking around, uh, you know, over the over the last few days about, you know, points, goals conceded and stuff like that. I almost feel like the most remarkable one is that we haven't dropped a single point to anyone below fifth in the table and that's like mad. That's almost saying like if you're not like Champions League quality, like don't even bother playing us. <laughs> and, and that's where we're at now. And that's like half a season we've played everyone and, and like if basically if you're not going to come top five, don't bother. Like you're almost insulting us by coming. Uh, and that's like, that's, that's boss. That's really, really good. And so, you know, it's it, they're a phenomenal team, one to eleven. They're amazing. I think that they, they just look so focused. They look so drilled. They, they seem they seem chilled out. You know what I mean? They're like they they they're like Gareth's hands. You know what I mean? Like Jordan Henderson's just having parties. <laughs> See him in a lot of dancing. That was brilliant. You know, and but they're just they're just they're just having fun. Uh, they're like, yeah, sound. We'll just like, you know, we'll just throw a party for some kids on the Wednesday, do a bit of training Thursday, <laughs> and then and then batter someone Saturday. Like that's what they're doing. Brilliance. What a week. <laughs> Amelia, you calm? Um, I've convinced myself at this point that we're not going to lose a single game until the end of the season. I'm I'm that confident about it. Wow, Equally, that's a lot of calm. I think we could lose against Arsenal, and then I'll sound really stupid by the time this has come out. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I just like it's conceivable that we just finish fucking like forty points above City at this point because it feels like they're in freefall. But um, I don't know. I know that lots of people would tell me to be a bit more cautious, and that we've been here before, and then it all went badly, and it still feels a bit raw. But like, if at this point in the season when we're playing this well, you can't celebrate every single win as if we're going to fucking win the league, then what's the point of doing any of it? Adamelia, uh, my life barometer, where these matters are concerned, you wanted to say on a video that you did. You wanted to say, and you didn't go, for th- you didn't follow through with it. You wanted to say, what happens if City fall off a cliff at Christmas? I you did want to say that. I did say it, didn't I? You sort of hinted it, but you didn't go the whole. Hog. I said, there's a few. It was after Bournemouth. And after Chelsea had beat City, I he, said, did, he did say it. He said, said what, it. If, "What if the crack?" I said, "I said there's a few." Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone considered? Yeah. Be on, to be fair, <laughs> there, there was a few things that could have happened from there. One of them was City fall off a cliff over Christmas, and I didn't necessarily fully believe it, but I was saying that's one of the things because. 
you could just you could just see their their you know they 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 were they were starting to wobble. I spotted it at Watford away, didn't I? I was yeah, texting. A, we had a big chat after Watford away. <laughs> I don't think so, it'll be Southampton. Uh, well, I mean, Danny and I, as soon as they <laughs> when they when they lost um, when they lost to Palace, those two, the they, they, Leicester and Southampton away just look like horrible fixtures Christmas week, don't they? Once yeah. you've lost your your, your, your home banker, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny because and and I, I was going to talk about that anyway because. Uh, because What's happened is that I've sort of been proved right on a number of occasions on the, over the last few weeks, and now I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I'm not at all calm. I'm yeah. everywhere. I, d- I don't know Are what day everywhere? it is. When you said we beat Newcastle, I, w- I thought, oh, oh. I-, I was like, I sort of forgot that we played Newcastle yesterday. I don't know. I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, and I, I, I'm here representing all the people who, are, uh, you know, went out and had six Jaeger bombs last night <laughs> <laughs> on Matthew Street. Really, really, really good. It's. It- it's funny, isn't it, with kind of City? Because I think the it's sometimes hard to, to motivate yourself after what they did last year. And I think, look, we'll find it next year when we won the treble. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? It's going to be like it'll be like a little bit of well, what you do now. And I think City will find that. And I text Neil, sort of semi joking, uh, during the Palace game and went, I think Klopp's got in the Reds because he said he, the game before we won, didn't we? Uh, sorry, Wolves was before, we and he went. I reckon we need 105 points to win the league, and that's what it's going to take. And I reckon City have got fucking. Yeah. <laughs> this lads shot 105, <laughs> and the Reds just went like they were like yeah. they were going. Oh, they'll go away in a minute. Liverpool will go. We bit like we're doing with Tottenham. To be fair, yeah. City were going. Oh, Liverpool will go away in a minute, and then yeah, Klopp just comes on telly chatting 105 points, just dead casual, like yeah. it's like, a normal amount of points. <laughs> <laughs> 105. He put not 100. 105. <laughs> he goes for he ups it, and I reckon the Reds just well, went. This, yeah. this point last season. And they, they're, they're 13 points clear yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's so what he likes doing isn't it yeah. he likes he likes twatting everyone for the first half of the season and you've won the league already well, and I mean my chat with my mates yesterday was you know like I've heard lots and lots of people say including on Anfield app shows you know like what you just said basically that that's the strategy like go all out and blow everyone away and by Christmas you're almost home and hosed and if that is the strategy well, what did he do now yeah you know, like the, you know, you know, you're seeing in that, and it's been referenced loads. And let's keep referencing it. You know, the the Amazon documentary where the, the mm-hmm. he is scared of Liverpool's front three. I still don't think I don't know why they put that out. Yeah. Because wow. that that that's aided us. Yeah. And, and but you know, so so we we're well, well, well in their heads. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's sitting with his coaching team yeah. going. Shit. I've got a bit of uh, bit of gossip actually. Uh, you know, Christmas family party. Someone who works for someone who works for someone kind of thing. Said oh, to I, me, because get I, more nailed on than I, this. Well, yeah. Love this. But, but yeah. somebody um, because I've thought that they're the player interviews. They don't seem like a United front city. They seem, they're all coming out with different odd things. Like Bernardo Silva was odd after the match yesterday. But what the, this person said was that the Amazon documentary had a bit is having a bit of an impact on them this season because they were on their best behaviour last season with the camera crews there, and now they're not. Mm. Oh, quite like that. Yeah, that's got a bit about it, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that's got a bit but about it. I went off stage, come in. Yeah. Miss, <laughs> <laughs> we don't usually do this. Shut up, off stage. Yeah. Uh, there is something in. Let's talk about yesterday's game about how assured Amelia Liverpool were, and it stems from it stems from I think a line running through the back of the pitch. Uh, Allison to Van Dyke, Van Dyke to Henderson. The three of them just offer so much security, certainty, determination. Um, they were just, you know, it was clear to me after Newcastle's little flurry in the first ten minutes that they were getting nothing. They were getting absolutely nothing. They were they were getting away with nothing all the way. Up. They were going to have to work to get a throw in our half. That was going to be the hardest work they've done all season. The like the security and the certainty that you said they were the kind of the two things I felt for the duration of that. 
like I know it's not the same as Napoli because obviously they're a Champions League squad of a higher caliber. But watching Napoli when you watched it back, you were like, we had that the entire way through. I don't know why we worried any part apart from that one save towards the end. But it's kind of I feel like a lot of games this season. It's when I've watched them back, I've realised that we absolutely had it for the duration of why was I nervous for ninety minutes? Whereas yesterday while watching it I just thought you know what this is a piece of piss like this is so easy look at us playing beautiful football and just enjoying ourselves while doing it like Shakiri just doing mad shit and it, it was brilliant there's something in Newcastle I mentioned it last after last season's game Gareth and I think you saw it again they played really well first half they can't play much better than that the shape was spot on they stopped us from doing a lot of what we wanted to do they were, you know, they were well organised. Benitez will probably have got them in at half time and said, You've done brilliantly there, yeah. lads. And they'll have said, Yeah, Gaffer, but we're shattered. I think it's hard to put into into words and I think we're not quite even able to fully understand it. Exactly what this team does and how much it just wears opponents down physically and mentally. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rafa pretty much said that as well in his in his post match press comment said something along the lines of, you know, we didn't do a lot wrong first half. <clears throat> they had a chance as well. Uh, the lads should probably do better with the other um, but that, but that was it, really. You know, across the across the ninety, there's two headers, and that's it. And you know, like you know, Rafa said about that, they're a bit lacking in quality. But we also know what he can do with the side and how organised he gets them. And you see, in Klopp reference that it was difficult basically getting through eight fellas hell bent on defending. But we did it, and we did it over and over. And that's the thing for me now. That's the difference that that you know you, we've watched lots of Liverpool sides over the years that have got frustrated with teams that come and, and shut up shop and play for the points. And that's gone on forever. That's just be you know across managers yeah, across teams. Part of football for, yeah. for thirty years. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's never going to change. Teams will come to Anfield forevermore and just go. There's not a lot we can do here other than hope for the best and try and get a point and try and nick one from a set piece. So that's always going to be a problem for Liverpool and a big problem for Liverpool. Any Liverpool side, any Liverpool manager is working out how you win those games and how you get those points. And what is it now? 30 games unbeaten in the Premier League at Anfield. And we've talked loads in the past, mate, about, you know, it's it's so vital that you get it right at home. League titles are won on what you do at home. You know, and even like I mentioned Soonish before, even though Soonish was was crap, as a, as a manager of Liverpool, the home record was still decent. And it's where you get into your supporters' heads. It's where you build trust. It's where you know people fall in love with football teams because that's where most of your fans are seeing the team live because there's only, what, two, 3,000 at every away match. OK, there's people watching on the telly, but people actually playing an active part in the game is at home. And if you're a boss at home, it makes such a difference. And I've seen Trent say yesterday... You know, he's talking about we've made it a fortress again. And I know that's a cliche, but I'm, it's a cliche I'm bang into because he obviously believes it. It's a cliche. It's good the players are saying, Gareth. Yeah. That's the thing I'd say there. And that's what I got the impression of yesterday. Again, Van Dijk, Henderson, especially those two, we're, we're just, this is this is just our gaff. This is, this, yeah. is, this is where we decide what goes on and we're running this for you. And I thought you saw that yesterday. I thought it was one of the best examples of it yesterday where they were patient, they were certain. That was it. But also, sorry, they're also really determined, though, and almost getting angry with each other. So I don't know if you spotted this, where I mentioned that a chance they had. When they had a chance, there's three or four of them having a go at each other. There's three or four of them saying, what happened there, boys? You should have been tighter on him. The keeper's kicking off, the centre-halves are kicking off, the midfielders are kicking off. And I want to see that, because they're not going, we're boss, and we're well better than these, and we're going to win this. They're like, we're boss, we're better than these, but we want a clean sheet. We want, we don't want anyone coming here and scoring a goal. It's funny you say that, because like, there was a clip, wasn't there, about a week or so ago of... Um, 
of, of Van Dyke having a go at Henderson and obviously yeah. all the lads who hate Henderson on the internet loved it, didn't he? But I saw Henderson have a go at him a couple of yeah. times yesterday and I thought it's right because he's yeah. massive. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a couple of times Henderson's like, what are you, what are you still there for type thing? And, you know, you, you're not the angle for the pass one time then the other time was position. And I thought, that's it's great right. that because yeah. they should. They should have enough confidence in, in, in how close they are to be able to do that and not like, you know, fall out type thing. And I think that's a sign of a of a close team really if you're able to go, do you know what you ain't you know, because they've got they seem to have such high standards of each other as well. And I think that's that's what's great is that, you know, we've seen teams, you know, there's been in times in the past where where I think Gerard and Carragher have talked openly about they've, they've roomed the night before a big game and they've been looking at each other going basically it's up to me and you yeah. this isn't it and they've, they've come out and said that there's none of that at the moment and that's great because it means they're all making the runs they should do because the confidence of the past you know if it doesn't quite come off it's thumbs up alright get the you know we'll get your next get the next one type thing and they just whoever comes in and out whoever's playing they just seem to have huge faith in in, in what each other are going to do and what they should be doing and as Gareth says if they're not doing it right they'll tell each other watching yesterday I was just overwhelmed by how inevitable it started to feel from about 10 minutes in that like we were going to walk away with it being vulnerable or it just being a ridiculous scoreline that like it's to do with it feeling like a fortress and that atmosphere and whatever that it just like it feels absolutely inevitable that we're going to score and that we're going to keep having chances and you just realise after a point they just can't live with it that you're like we're, we're just going to keep scoring goals and it was beautiful to watch the next one in the line of the seriousness of the business Adam is is, is the main man is Salah where he just seems so so certain of what he's doing and how he is going to contribute towards Liverpool being one way or another victorious with silverware this season. He, he there's a there's an unbelievable level of of, of focus. You get he just emanates mm. of focus and it's 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 brilliant to watch. It is actually and and I think I, I liked the very start of the season when it it seemed like he was playing with a, with a bit of a fury in him. I thought and and and. I, and there was and there was sort of a few talks about whether you know is he happy blah 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 and he he, he is and now he's started I think as he's as he's uh, sort of blossomed back into into last season's form that you know he he's, he's looking happier and happier and and I don't even think he was unhappy before I just think he was angry and I think it's that that sort of focus like you know laser like focus of, of of him that does it absolutely spearheads um, what we do and everything we do and even in the apparently that was the um, he hadn't scored the last two two home games they said on match of the day just before he slots the pen. Um, but you, it's it, he's he's there spearheading it whether whether he's scoring in, in, in any particular game or not, and he has to have two players on him, and you know it's it, and it's kind of then the same as so I thought Shakiri had a bit of a quiet game yesterday, but he's there, isn't he? He's, there's 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 threats coming from everywhere, and I think that that Salah is the is the spearhead of 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 all of all of that. It's like it's almost like there's kind of a few different levels of where of where our threats are coming from, sort of like with Firmino kind of as the deepest of the of the striking ones. Or, or or Shaq and and um, and and Salah is the is, is the spearhead of, a, of of all of that, um and and yeah and I think I think that there's, there's that that focus from front to back to to drive us to win things this season. I've heard Salah saying it, I've heard Van Dyke saying it, and you know it is it's this this spine that we've uh, that, that that we've built and that we've seen growing in front of us. They are they 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 absolutely determined, and you know it's 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 not. It, it, the, the sky's the limit this season. This is it. And, and and sometimes we kind of, I think most mo, most seasons we're kind of thinking, all right, well we're nearly there, but we'll see. Kind of maybe you know it, it, it's maybe one season too early kind of thing. Like last season, we kind of thought that it's not. This is it. This is it now. I think I, I think what's great as well is that 
I'm still sort of maybe I'm being picky here, but still sort of waiting for a performance where you think from front to back, everyone on the pitch has played brilliantly there. And it's almost, but that's that's, that's actually a positive thing, huge so, positive. Because yeah. what I mean by that is like, so you've watched the game there, and when you when you do the thing in the pub where you absolutely pick it apart from front to back and talk about every single player that was out there, you get like your mate saying, "Didn't think Firmino was that good, you know." And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but that's good because yeah. he's brilliant. He's a brilliant player. And there will be times in the future between now and May where he's a match winner. But today he wasn't, and that's fine. And like, you know, Mane, brilliant touch, and then Blazers are over. And like, everyone's like, he keeps doing that. And I'm like, yeah, but soon they'll start going in, though, mate. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's, it almost feels like there's still more to come from this side. There's still another level, there's still another gear. And that's what really excites me yeah. because the fact that we've got the months ahead, the business end of the season, if you like, and we've got the Champions League coming back and all that, and we still haven't clicked to again use that phrase. You know, sky's the limit. It feels a lot more like we're just about to wallop someone, though. Yeah. Like earlier in the season when we were getting the results and not, and not playing too well and blah, 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 the party is thinking, well, we do need to start playing better. Yeah. And I think we are now, and I think we are yeah. playing kind of much better than them. And, but there's that real exciting thing where you think we're just about to, you know, we might get eight past Arsenal, you know, you know that sort of thing, you know, if it kind of all, all clicks as, as to use that again. But but that's great, and, and I feel like there is much more to come. But I think some of the play around the box was, was brilliant. It was just, there was just a lot near coming off wasn't there yeah. and I don't think it was you know what they were trying to do was difficult but it's what you need to do to for you know to, to be to kind of at a five and, and, and three sat in front of them and yeah they're just they're just enjoying playing with each other I think at the moment and, the, and you know there's there's some of the passing yesterday I thought was was terrific and some of the some of the short passing around the box just to kind of pull them this way and that and there's people in all sorts of you know different positions and, and they just all seem to know when to when to kind of move around and, and who to stretch and you can't man mark against this team because well, Salah's popping up a left back so what, what do you do chase him all the way there and so you know it's he was, last, really he was last man when Newcastle had a counter attack, and yeah. Salah was, was was last man ch- chased all the way back because I think Virgil decided to be up front for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he loves a bit of that. You all had a little go free oh, and and I love it. I, I, I really, really love seeing Virgil fancy it and then go for it. Like, all right, yeah, just stay up here. I just play. I play centre mid for five. Yeah. I, I, it appears to be where the game is at the minute. So why not? Why aren't I doing that? Uh, all right, then. Uh, back with this in a minute or two. Got Jordan Jarrett Brian joining us to talk about Arsenal. That is to come. Talking to Laura Brown as well. Well, it is your weekend. Um, it's a Christmas weekend, which means it's all a bit mad. Neil Atkinson and John Gibbons and Laura Brown uh, having a chat about your new podcast. It's exciting, isn't it? Everyone's got one now. Everyone, everyone has a podcast. Yeah, but what I just tell people what they were. <laughs> What's a podcast? They'd say now. Oh. Everyone knows. Yeah. How are you feeling about BBC Sounds? Uh, good. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, I think generally it's a good thing. Generally. Generally. You know, you know, I could go either way, but I think, I think, I think, generally, generally speaking, you know, the more the jokes aside, the, the more podcasts are, the, the, the better, and the more normally becomes part of people's lives, and you don't have to describe what they are. I think then you've just got to go. We're good. There you go. Rise above. Rise above, indeed. Uh, it's lovely that they gave uh, Peter Couch's podcast an hour of free promotion yesterday uh, on Radio Five Live. Laura Brown, hiya. Um, <laughs> how is uh, how is your podcast going? And do you want to tell the listeners what it's about? Yeah, it started as a conversation about nine months ago with um, the music magazine Bidolito um, because as they kind of moved out of just doing music and doing more about culture, there's not actually a lot of sort of arts and culture coverage in Liverpool. We do a lot of art. We spend a lot of our time talking about doing the art, but we, there's, no, there's not a lot of output for it. There's not a lot of magazines that kind of focus on it and talk about it and share a lot about it. Um, and while me and um, Christopher Torpy from Bido were having this conversation, I uh, 
was in the Blue Coat, where I am quite a lot, and Brian Biggs, who's the artistic director, had... Someone on Christmas Day. He's an absolute legend. He's a great man. He's a legend, that man. And we were in uh, the library of the Blue Coats, uh, and he was doing some organising. And if you've never been in Brian Biggs' office, it is a treasure trove. It's absolutely fantastic. Brian Biggs is one of those men where someone says, I haven't got such and such an album from 1974. And my answer is always, ask Brian Biggs. He's probably got a copy of it. Yeah. Because he's, he's fantastic like that. And he had all these old posters from old gigs in the Blue Coat. Um, from this period of time in the late 80s and early 90s when Jane Casey um, was in charge of uh, live events at the Blue Coat. Now, Jane, obviously, people know her from Capital of Culture. Yep. She's in charge of District. Um, she used to programme these mad events. So, like, Sun Ra did his penultimate gig in Liverpool. She was in Bigger Japan, wasn't she? She was also, yeah, she's a big yeah. punk icon and all that. Yeah. And um, so she'd done all these live music events. And one of the things I said to Brian in passing was, do you know what? If Jane was a bloke, we'd spend a lot more time talking about the gigs that Jane put on. And then started talking about this to Chris Torpy at Bidolito. And the first story we decided to do for the podcast was the period of time when Jane Casey was in was in Bluecoat. And then while we were talking to her, we found out all these mad things. Like, did you know Jane Casey solved the Cold War? I didn't know that Jane Casey solved the Cold War. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yeah, she basically proved Perestroika existed. So it's all these crazy things that we found out by just spending the most amazing afternoon with Jane Casey in Bluecoat going through all the, the story of all the gigs that she'd done. And then decided to... So having, with all the audio, kind of decided, like, how are we going to turn this into a podcast? And decided that what we were going to... Rather than just reviewing events that are happening or kind of going... We're in this gallery and there's an amazing exhibition happening. Isn't this so exciting? Everybody that no one would listen to. Um, we decided to instead share stories from arts and culture in the city. So some will be contemporary. Some will be like things that are happening all the time that people might not know about. Things that people might know about, but maybe from a different sort of perspective. And then things from 30 years ago that you might not know this period of time happened in Liverpool. And actually, it's really interesting. What's it called? It's called the Bido Lito Arts and Culture Podcast. Wow. <laughs> because I took ages to think about the title for it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done the Jane Casey one, obviously. Yeah. And what others have you done so far? So the next one, which was just finished editing, was a really nice walk through town with Nick Ellis. Now, if you don't know Nick, Nick is a singer-songwriter from Liverpool. Used to be in a band called The Maybes, which everyone who lives in South Liverpool might have recognised because it used to be graffiti. Yeah. Down the whole of Smithtown Road for a period of time. And as the maybe sprung the T Street Band. Yep. Um, and Nick was the singer uh, and did a lot of solo work for a while and has just released his third album. Um, and the thing that um, I had sort of no, kind of known about the albums that all the albums are recorded in places in the city. So instead of being recording studio, they're recorded in the courtroom in St George's Hall or in, you know... Uh, there's one recorded, I think, in the Norwegian church on uh, Park Lane. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So we decided to go for a walk and have a chat. And that's basically what we've done. So it's quite a nice, that's going to come out in the first week of January. So it's basically just, you have to put your headphones in, and listen to a bit of music. And walk. And walk. And we had a little chat about the different places where he recorded some of the music. And then we go off on one about politics and soapboxes. 
It was, it was a really, I had a really lovely time. <laughs> <laughs> this is therefore, it's going to be ongoing. Yeah, we've talked in the past. There's not even, for instance, an email newsletter that lets you know what's happening with Liverpool's art and culture scene. That so much of it, you've just got to, you've got to know the right person who's going to mention to you that something's going to happen, or someone gets in touch with us, and we might mention it on a show. But it's all, it's all quite haphazard, isn't it? We are struggling a little bit to disseminate everything that we're all up to. It's it's one of the things that frustrates me more than anything else, really, working in the arts, because I've worked in the arts now for about 150 years, <laughs> and. It's really amazing and it's incredibly vibrant. And I think when you have art scenes, there are going to be elements of an art scene where, like, you know, as you get a bit older, you're not going to know some of the, the cooler stuff that a 22 year old artist is yeah, doing. Yeah. That's the way scenes have to work. And that's the way, you know, art communities do work. There's always going to be things you're more interested in than other people. Um, but one of the real legacies from capitalist culture has been the arts coverage in Liverpool has been sighed. There's none of it. There's, there was a period last year where there was no arts editor in Liverpool, not a single one. And that's terrifying because it's not just about, you know, it's nice to see the work. You know, if you're working with an artist, it's nice to see their exhibition or their work in print. It's not about that. It's about ensuring that people know about it so they can it's, go to things. It's about not seeing the same faces at everything. And I'm somewhat con- conscious that three of the people you might have deemed to be the same faces are sitting in this room right now. But it's about <laughs> not seeing the same faces of things. I think that's what, when I go to something, I'm always like, you know, I can be at times like, oh, here we go. I know at least a third. I know at least the, the face of a third of the people in this room, and that doesn't bode well, really, for for sort of long term renewal and for feeling as though that what what's happening culturally at the, at the heart of the city involves as many different people as possible. One hundred percent. And I think you know you're always going to have an element in that. There's only about two thousand people that work in the arts in Liverpool, um, so there's always going to be a limited number of people that are going to be new going to events, but. You know, the funding for arts in Liverpool is going to drop by a sizable amount in 2019. And that's going to have a big effect on organisations who are worried they're going to... Because the first thing that goes when you reduce funding is the people who spend a lot of time talking to the public. That's the first thing that goes. So making sure that people know what's happening and feel confident to come and see it is incredibly important because not everyone can have the budget where they do a massive event and it's in the street yeah. and everyone can go and see it. That costs an awful lot of money and it isn't accessible for every arts, arts organisation to do. And it's not right for every art form to do either. But one of, I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to do the Blue Coat story first it was because this is a period of time when Liverpool had no money, um, where space was, there was loads of space, but there wasn't a lot of, you know, there's lots of artists, but Liverpool wasn't thought of as a place where you would have loads and loads of art and loads of weird events. And they just kind of looked at each other and went, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. And that bit of a punk spirit, I think, is something that the art scene needs as well. Because let's be honest, if you've been going to a lot of art over the past two years in Liverpool, God, a lot of it's boring. It's really tedious. Yeah. And you've seen the stuff. It's not just seen the same faces. You've seen the art before. And it's boring. And you need that. You need that fresh injection of people to create different things, to have a bit of a wider, more exciting conversation and do something different. I'm enjoying Laura subtweeting the, tw- the Tate. Uh, John. <laughs> Um, there is there is in general it's important to keep this stuff as vibrant as possible and as fresh and as accessible as possible I think that's the that's the trick of all of this I know you work very hard when you're you're putting gigs on and all that sort of stuff to try to get try to get different people in and I think that at times phrases like scenes it can 
you know, wherever you are in the world, you can feel as though there's a bit of a mountain to climb. There's like a, there's like a password. There really isn't. And I think it's important to, as often as possible, remind people that that's the case. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think, I think one of the, when we used to do the gigs at the Dovedale, one of the things was, well, well, what about people who don't go to town? And I think there's, there's, there's more people than people think who just won't, won't go to the city centre, sort of don't want to engage with it. It's too busy for them or whatever. Or, or they just think, oh, you know, you know, it, it seems like a faff. So I think taking things out of the city is important, but also sort of, you know, create an environment where people want to kind of either view things or listen to things or, or kind of whatever in a space that kind of they feel feel comfortable. Some people will have never been to an art gallery, you know, in, in their lives, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't necessarily enjoy art. And so it's creating kind of spaces that people feel comfortable in that, that people want to go to, you know. Creating other things. It's, I mean, we talk about it with musicians. Sometimes it's, it's a case of tricking people into listening to your band. And I think it's, it's, it's a little bit like that sometimes with, with any kind of culture, really, is that you create something that what it's about and it's this and it's that and it's, you know, and then suddenly you, 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 you're you viewing something that you wouldn't necessarily think you kind of you kind of would do. And and that's and that's kind of part of the, part of the you know, the, the, the skill, I guess, or, or in these things. But... But then people need to know what's going on, and I think I think it's not just people in the city as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, listening to this will be from outside the city. Who, who, who I'm sure are planning trips, or, or if not, have definite dates. Then then wishes to come to Liverpool to see this amazing football team. And so, you know, I think I think the case of you know, what is going on, how do how do I kind of find out if this, you know, if Liverpool play on the Saturday and I get the Friday night, would it be great to to kind of get involved in something on the Saturday that, that feels quite scouse but also kind of feels different to to what I kind of normally normally do? And so, yeah, that's the challenge for kind of all of us, I guess. But uh, but you know, maybe this podcast will do it. No pressure. I think it's to be honest with you, I'd love for people to kind of listen to it and go, I hate that. I want you to do this because I think that's that's more kind of what I want to do I'm kind of, I, I sort of don't want to talk to the big eight all the time or big or however many there are now you know the big arts organizations um I want to do weird stuff and it's it's when you're talking about you know things that being outside of the city center completely because you know it's like all this money going into high streets that the government have said you know it's gonna be all these high streets give some of it to artists Give you some money, set up a gig venue on Lawrence Road. That'll be amazing. Mm. Um, you know, set up an art gallery somewhere or let people have the confidence to set up an art gallery somewhere where they might not expect it. So you don't have to go to the city centre to go and see art. Because the minute you start centralising all of that, you're telling people that where they live isn't creative and that because they live there, they can't be creative. There's plenty of creative people in Wavertree. Just because they haven't got an art gallery there doesn't Too mean they're not. Too many, if anything. We're a very creative people oh, in Wavertree. We're a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah, too many. I mean, honestly. Honestly, just make those little roads a bit short to get into the fucking trees. Um, I can swear on this segment this week, we're not, it's not going on City. Right, okay. Um, so, yes. Uh, no, genuinely, I agree with that. I think that all over, all over Liverpool and surrounding areas, more and more stuff can be done to bring people in. Where can they listen to the podcast? Anywhere you get your podcasts, no. you just search for Bito Leto Arts and Culture Podcast and it will come up. I do think about SEO every time I name something. <laughs> Excellent. Solid, solid SEO work from Laura. Uh, you should do Brian. Brian? Yeah. As, you know, not, not just as a guest, not just someone who's, who's office you with. Brian Biggs. <laughs> Brian, just sit and talk to. I could just yeah. I could sit and talk to Brian for day. Actually, I do when I've gone to meetings with him. You kind of put in a couple of hours. Mm. And you kind of because usually for an arts meeting you're you're out of there they you know they give you a glass of water and then forty five minutes you're you're done and you're sort of looking at each other awkwardly for the last fifteen minutes. Brian, you will sit there and you're like two hours talking about the most fascinating things. Yeah, 
Because he's just, he's a fascinating guy. There you are then. John's booking shows for you now. Fly. <laughs> We've come alive. The Beat of Lito Arts and Culture podcast. Listen to it uh, in conjunction with us as well. Listen to everything. Uh, it's the Anfield Rap. Should we get over and speak to an Arsenal supporter? I think we shall. Red's Bet, partner in the Anfield Rap. The whole of 28 has been a pleasure to have them on board. Uh, been special podcasts and all of that sort of stuff as we've gone right the way through the year. Uh, if you are going to gamble, uh, consider doing so with them. Uh, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And everybody be gamble aware at all times. Do you want all those picks? What's he gone for? Uh, I love it. Um, he's gone for uh, top reds, John Aldridge, Man United, Spurs, and Leicester all to win. <laughs> Not interested in the reds against Arsenal. It's too trappy for him. Uh, but he's got these three at two to one. United up against Bournemouth, uh, Spurs up against uh, Wolves, and Leicester up against Cardiff. Three home bankers. Has Ollie gone to show so just picked which games he wants? Like he's gone, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take the job, but I get to pick the fixtures. And Man United have gone, I'm not sure that's how it works. And he's like, well, I'm not doing it then. And so they've had a word. And he's picked his first three games. He's like he's gone to Ferguson's old fixture computer. <laughs> they've dusted the cobwebs off it. They've wound yeah. it up. And suddenly all he's got the fixtures of choice. I mean, fair play if so. Uh, I mean, we're more on this show with Adam Media talking about Ferguson. Uh, yeah, support you... Adam's theory that the Ferguson's back and it's our fault. Yeah, we've all been too complacent about it. Uh, Ferguson is indeed back. Uh, Adam is all over Ferguson being back and it's something to think about that is to come uh, ladies and gentlemen he's never far away from talking about Alex Ferguson or infrastructure that lad um, yeah um, what have we got then for this one for the Arsenal game from fans bet uh, you might like this one I like this one uh, it hasn't happened for a while Salah Firmino and Mane all to score 22 to 1 oh that's long yeah I'm, t- I'm tempted by that uh- that, that is long, isn't it? It's really 22s. long. 22 to 1 on this website now. Now, maybe when this comes out, they might change that yeah. off the back of this. But right now, that says 22 to 1. That's worth a fiver of anyone's money. That's unbelievable. For that fixture, that's, yeah. a, that's a bit... Aye, aye. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm totally shocked. shocked. I am. I'd, have said, I'd have said 10 or 12. I am very shocked indeed uh, by that one. Unbelievable. Didn't see that coming. Um, next one. Uh, Mo Salah to score on Liverpool to win 2-0, 2-1 or 3-1 is 5 to 1. <laughs> We're gonna batter them, you know. I know you do. I think I've got, I've got it. Uh, yeah. So, so none, none of them, none of them numbers are really talking to me. Uh, Liverpool to score in both halves, six to four. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, done. Yeah. Didn't have yeah. to sell you on that one. Uh, that one was very, very straightforward. Uh, us to win and Man United and Everton both to lose or draw. Seven to one. Man United at home to, to Bournemouth. We just said, haven't we? To Bournemouth. Yeah, they'll uh, win that. Everton away at Brighton. I just, I just think, I think Man United still win a win at home. They, they look, it looks a happier place. And Bournemouth, well, they just got one of five nil, didn't they? So they did. Uh, yeah. No, I've, 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 no, I'm not having that. One. Eddie Howe's growing into his looks. I saw him on match of the day, and I was like, Is he less boyish? Yeah, he's, he's suiting being less boyish a little yeah. bit. He's got a bit of a haircut, like he's paid more than twenty quid for it. <laughs> uh, I could do get mine done at the minute, uh, but he's yeah, he's got he's had a bit of a haircut, and yeah. he's, I was I was mildly impressed to be honest with you. Uh, you you've got a quite interesting man who, in men who get more handsome as they get older, though, haven't you? I've, it's one of my uh, it's, it's one of my niche interests. Yeah, <laughs> Tick them off. I've got a list. I thought Ian Rush when he came here. Oh, I thought God you know, for, for a man who, who looked dreadful at twenty. Yeah, uh, he's, he's actually. I mean, I won't go as far as he's a good-looking man, but he's he's you know he's looks fabulous. I'd yeah, say yeah, he's yeah. got a glow. He's got a glow. Yeah, twinkle in his eye. Definitely got a glow about him. Yeah, uh, he's aged well. Uh, I thought Gary Neville when we when we had that chat. Well, I wasn't there, was he? But yeah, he was. He looks sharp. Looks like looks well better than he looked when he was twenty-three. <laughs> uh, and that's not just because he's no longer playing for Man United. It just looks like a yeah. Carragher as well. Carragher's in the same boat. A man who's grown into his looks big time. Yeah, whereas I'm going off a cliff. <laughs> 
not the force you once were. No, it's um, a shame. Well, never mind. <laughs> uh, Shakiri to score first or last goal, nine to two. Oh right, yeah. Well, he's he's impact, isn't he? I don't think he'll start Shakiri in this one, but but off the bench, doing bits. Ala and Man United at home. Um, yeah, could be could be a possibility. Could be a possibility. All right, that, there's that that's just run through some options for you. Uh, have you got me any sort of long term ones? You know, you know, I've always got me eye on Mo Salah player of the year. Yeah, they've not put that on, which makes me think that they might have bottled it. <laughs> He was, he was like 20s at one point. He was 33. He was 33. He was 33 back in September when obviously, you know, our friends at Reds bet decided the Reds were shit. And look <laughs> look where we are now. Salah was a one season wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look where we are now. I uh, really should have been. You know, there was, a, there was a period where I was putting a five in a week on uh, Brexit. Yeah. Uh, I made loads of money. I'm the only person in, in Britain who <laughs> will benefit financially from Brexit. Um, I should have done that, basically. You should have used the Brexit money. <laughs> <laughs> Reinvested the Brexit winnings. In, into Mo. And just kept flipping it yeah, forever yeah. on things like that. Who knows what's next? <laughs> um, yeah, no, Mo's, they've took it off. Uh, we may try and find out uh, where they're up to with it. Yeah, but we felt that they must have thought at that point, Red's bet, you know, they, they thought, oh, the Reds aren't going to be able to do the business this year. And they were giving us all sorts. Right now, they, like everybody else, is very, very up for it indeed. Uh, so Eddie at the weekend, he was in fine form for a man who's had about five Christmas days by this stage of proceedings. <laughs> um, absolutely overjoyed as ever. Very, very kind of Red's bet to partner us through 2018. Uh, been really really good working with them and looking at the causes that they're doing sign up for one of the causes if you are going to sign up to them make sure you make that crystal clear where you'd like your money to go back into a supporter related charity that's half of their profits your losses to do that sort of thing uh, let's get back over for the rest of the show joined by Jordan Jarrett Bryan from the Football Fans Podcast you've took December off it's the busiest month Jordan <laughs> it's, it's funny because um, I've, I've, I took it off because I've had a long tiring year this has been all the, all the different shows I do I just well, I need a month for I want to hit January hard and it turns out it's been probably the most interesting football month of the year so far. <laughs> Jose's gone, Liverpool are top, Arsenal's slightly fallen off, Spurs are going to win the league. Oh, it's just like, oh my God, of all the months to take off the Sterling thing. Yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a mad one. But hey-ho, I'm back next month, so <laughs> that's wrong. Excellent stuff. Hopefully it calms down and everyone stays exactly where they are. Uh, anyway, <laughs> like musical chairs, we just freeze. We just freeze musical statues, so we just freeze now. That'd be fantastic. You'd love that. You'd oh, love that. If we if we could do that, that'd be tremendous. Uh, before we get on to uh, Arsenal's visit to uh, to Anfield, um, I want to have a little chat to you about the the little sort of the little run Arsenal have been on. The managers, I think, realised. And I mean this with the with the greatest respect, really. I think he's possibly realised the slight limitations of the squad. He's been running them all hard, working them all hard, and he's he's he's, he's run into a little bit of a, a mini injury crisis, and probably simultaneously is making his notes for next summer, thinking, right, this is what I need to create strength and depth. Yeah, a little bit. I was watching um, some of the videos from Arsenal Fan TV last night. One of the fans made a really interesting, used an interesting phrase. He said that he thinks that Emery has hit a brick wall. And I think that that's, that's very, very pertinent. I think that, as you say, he has realised that <clears throat> defensively, especially, the, 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 the quality and the numbers just really aren't there. I think, he, I think our situation is a little bit extreme. I think you take out four or five defenders from any team's yep. um, defence. I, I don't care how big the squad is. Four or five defenders at the same time, a combination of injuries and injuries and suspensions, that's just that's, that's unlucky. 
I mean, in the past gone by, years gone by, we've had a real systemic issue with injuries. And it's funny because up until the last three or four weeks, I was saying to my friend, friend of mine the other day, it's interesting that we haven't really had any major injuries this year. I don't know if Emery's rehauled, you know, overhauled, sorry, the, the, in, the backroom staff and the injury medical department, or if he's training differently, I don't know. And then obviously, bang three, four weeks in a, in a row, we've just got, it's been decimated with injuries in the back line in particular. So I think he's been a little bit unlucky, but in the sense of, A, the number of injuries at the same time, but secondly, it's come at a time when you really don't want to have injuries. This is the worst time of the season to have that many players out. Um, and the quality coming in just isn't really great. Plus, he's playing midfielders in defence and defenders, you know, centre-backs at left-backs and right-back at left-back. And it's not ideal. I think he's done pretty well, considering what yeah. he's had to juggle and the injuries had. I think he's done pretty well. But, yeah, I mean, going to this next game in particular, um, this, 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 could be, um, this could be brutal. <laughs> this, could be, this could be brutal. He seems. I mean, just want to run that run through that with people. You know, um, this weekend it was it was Licksteiner, Socrates, Koscielny uh, starting gets seventy, takes him off, maybe with an eye on using him against Liverpool and protecting him. Uh, Kalasinac mm-hmm. uh, plays, Xhaka plays. He's you know beyond the bare bones there. Maitland Niles comes on and plays at the back. This is it is genuine sort of bare bones stuff. And a couple of those lads, you're still not entirely sure exactly how good they are. However willing they are, I'm thinking about Licksteiner there, where you know he's come in as an aging professional to to be one of the bodies, but he's not necessarily you wouldn't have had him down as a starter. No, no. So is there it, it, go on. Go on. Sorry, go on, sorry, go on, go on. So is there a you know, are, are you thinking, good lord, it could all be really rather make do amends when when you do come to Anfield. It's it's patched up lads. Kashelny's not probably fully match fit yet, if he ever will be again. I mean I feel really sorry for him. It looks like a really bad injury that one that he's he's he's, he's trying to work his way through. There isn't you know, there is there, there aren't a ton of footballers in there who are who you're thinking are gonna be able to properly stand up. There's no, and with Koscielny, Koscielny's done, he's been done for about 18 months. I said to a lot of my friends who support Arsenal, I would have sold him, not last summer, the summer before. I saw this coming almost two years ago. He's, 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 he's totally gone. It was, the, it was the season that Bayern Munich beat us 10-2. That was the year I said that he's got to go. Not because necessarily that game, yeah. but he came off in both of those games after I think an hour from injury. And he also missed, uh, he came off in I think, the United game, I think the City game, and I think one of the Liverpool games. A lot of our, you can't have your main centre-back and captain missing so many key games. And I just thought, you know what? I think it's time he moved him on. And now his Achilles has completely gone. He can't jump. He just can't jump. And I think that's something that Liverpool might, if, they're, if they've looked at Koscielny, who I agree with you, I think he will start. Um, this weekend, I would be saying any corners, any uh, free kicks to put, to put in the box, Van Dyke, you get in there because Koscielny cannot jump. Um, uh, Socrates isn't the greatest in the air. Lichtensteiner, these are not guys that are great in the air. So I think that's a massive, massive weakness um, for Arsenal going into this weekend. And I, I don't know what to say. I just think we're so bare thin on, on, on numbers defensively. I think if Liverpool really, really get their get their tactics on point, I think they could have this wrapped up by half time. I really do. And we've been to Anfield the last few years and we've really not acquitted ourselves very well. It's a ground that we've had real, real problems with um in the last four or five years. Um 
I think we'll have to just try, try to, to keep the ball for as much as possible in your half of the field and hope that our firepower can cause your backline problems. But I would argue your defence is actually stronger than your attack at the moment. So I don't even know if putting it on your defence is, is, is going to really win, win us this game. But num- yeah, numbers-wise, even going beyond Liverpool game, it's really concerning. And I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised, very surprised, if, if we don't bring in a, a couple players, at least in the January window, because I'm not a big fan of that window, but I think we're desperate. And I think that I think that, that window really is for teams who are desperate. Chelsea need a striker desperately. We need defenders desperately. Um, I think Spurs need some midfielders desperately. So um, I, 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 I think we'll dip our toe in the window in the, in the January market, this, 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 this window coming up. But to accentuate the positive and accentuate, you just mentioned there, keep the ball in the Liverpool half at Anfield. He's, he's been playing, I think, because he has got these question marks about his defence, that strong midfield three in front, Shaka, Torreira, Guendouzi. I mean, these are lads who are unbelievably good at winning the ball back. Shaka's having a little bit of a renaissance this season. It's important everyone remembers that. Torreira's come in and made a massive difference. Guendouzi's young, full of energy, loves winning it, loves hunting it down. I mean, I can see it being a game where the, where possession is changing hands quite a lot because firstly, that that's how Liverpool like to play, but secondly, yeah. that's also you know that suits these three footballers who are fit, are available, and will be playing for Arsenal at the weekend. Uh, yeah, I think they will. I I think it's been a bit of a it's been difficult playing the three of them because essentially none of them are really. Uh, midfielders that in the final third are going to really hurt you. I think our best passer of the ball going forward of the three is Granit Xhaka, and he arguably, arguably, arguably plays the deepest of the three. So my concern with the three of them is you've essentially kind of got three holding midfielders, which, A, I don't think any team should ever play three holding midfielders. I don't care who you're playing. And secondly, it just means that you're relying a lot on the front three to do a lot. You're really asking the front three to really, um, one of them to come extremely deep and create magic. Because if you've got three in the middle of the park that win the ball back and, and, and keep the ball moving, that's great. But you need, Santa Cazorla was, was, was the guy that we had that would be the midfielder, would get the ball and make something happen. I would, I would, I would go for it. I don't think we have the team good enough to withstand a Liverpool attack. I've said for weeks and weeks and weeks that we just can't keep clean sheets. So if, and with, you know, A, we've got a weak defence, and B, we're up against one of the best attacks in the league. So I'd almost, it sounds a bit weird, but I'd almost write off trying to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Sod it. Let's just go two in midfield and let's, let's go with Ramsey and Ozil. Now, I would never normally say that, and I'm, I think you know that I'm not an Ozil fan, and I think he was poor yesterday. But I think we almost have to just decide, look, I think our team sheet has to almost threaten Liverpool before we step on the pitch. I think we have to make Liverpool see our team sheet and make them think, oh, oh, hang on a minute, they're, they're, they're kind of going for it a bit here, as opposed to, oh, they're coming to try and contain us. I think that's our best way of trying to get anything from this game, psychologically getting in their heads before the game by showing them, look, we're going to drop one of Torreira, uh, Gundozi or Xhaka and really go on the front foot with two strikers and Ramsey and, and Meza Ozil. Torreira was poor yesterday as well for the first time this season, but I'm not sure if it's because he's getting a little bit tired or if he was playing within himself because he didn't want to get booked, which would mean he would miss 
uh, the, the Liverpool game. So I really need Torreira to step up and um, and get back to the way he was playing a, a week or two ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit concerning. Um, I don't know if you're going to ask me for a prediction, but <clears throat> go on. You know I'm on. You know, you know I'm honest with my predictions. Neil, I'm not on these fans that will never ever predict defeat for their team. I'm coming up with a defence for an Arsenal Arsenal win here, I think I'll be clutching the straws. I, I can I can name reasons why I think Arsenal will win this game, but you'll just you'll just raise your eyebrows and you'll you won't believe me. <laughs> you just won't believe me. Um, <laughs> So I'm, I'm not going to chat crap to you and lie. I, I can't see an Arsenal win here. But I think our best way of getting anything from this game is, as usual, get through the first 30 minutes at Anfield. If you can get through that first 30 minutes at Anfield, you, won't, you, might not, you still might lose the game, but you give yourself a chance. Our problem in previous years going to Anfield is that we go gun-ho, we keep it too open, and the game's over by half-time. Liverpool score three goals in 20 minutes. Bang, bang, bang. It's good night. Stay in the game for the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Try and get to half-time. Play in phases. Play in 15, 20-minute phases. Try and get to half-time with a chance of still trying to get a result um, and then take it from there. Because if we, if we concede early... It, it, it could be it could be really brutal. It could be damaging for the rest of our Christmas campaign because, um, yeah, this is the first real test I think for Emery as well. I think it's the first real test of of, of what Emery can do. Um, Mourinho in years gone by would go to Anfield with a Chelsea team or with a Inter team or whatever, whoever team he had with injuries, and he would find a way. He would somehow find a way of getting a draw. I need Emery to channel his Mourinho circa. 2000 and I don't know five or whatever was when he was when he was the master of grinding out results against the odds and it's the it's the first real test that we're going to see um, from Emre of, of on the ropes can he come out of of, of Anfield with um, with something back with Adam Amelia Gareth and John to talk about Arsenal um, and I'm going to start you from the point of view of you know. Pick me a team. In fact, don't pick me a team just yet. Let's start talking about the fact that Jurgen Klopp loves a redemption redemption story, John. For being your struggles at Arsenal uh, when we went there. Um, so as part of the pick me a team thing, I do think that there's. I'd be really surprised if Fabinho doesn't start uh, against Arsenal. Although earlier it was pointed out to me that he's on four yellow cards. Oh. Right, okay. The four yellow cards news is huge. When's yeah. the amnesty though? Look at me knowing shit. Oh, I think it's the next. I think you get through Christmas and then you get the amnesty. Right, okay. I think. Um, Christ, the next better follow-up question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you come with your facts. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, after you can worry about stuff like that, though. There was two Arsenal lads on, on yeah. four yellows, wasn't there? And then one of them dived, and they just went, ah, sod it. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they'll just do that if Fabinho does something wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just left it. So maybe they'll do that if, if Fabinho does anything. So, I don't know. You can't. I think he's got to... You've got to... Pick a team and look. If Fabinho's banned for Man City, then you know what I mean. It's like you know we we didn't even think he was any good two months ago. So, you know. but do you think there's a thing, John? That all the way through the manager said he takes it one day at a time, and I'm, I'm one game at a time, and I'm suspicious of that. But I think it's an important thing that managers say because there's one level where they have to do that, and there's another level they've got to plan stuff. Yeah, but. Has the league situation with with Tottenham and City almost made City away almost just like another really tough game for us, rather than it being what it was 
up till three weeks ago where it felt like it was the, the game that was going to define the universe for the rest of our lives. Now it's just another game of footy. We get beat, what, we're four points ahead of them, sounds. Yeah, no, massively. And I think, it's you know, you're not in free-hit territory because the game's too big because if we win it, we're, 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 we're in serious. You know, we're, we're really motored in there, you know what I mean? Adam's, Adam's on 12 Jager bombs then. But um, <laughs> but I think if, you know, so you're not in free-hit territory, but you, we are going in there in a great position and we are going there, if, you know, if, if we beat Arsenal with... If not all the pressure on them, a, a lot of it, and 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 that's a, that's a really nice and like you know, piece to go. And so I think this Arsenal game is really big. I think it's, you know, they were one of the few teams to have taken points off them this season. And so I'm if I'm sort of looking at the first half of the season as done, if you like, and and this is the kind of the second half really. And Arsenal are one of the best teams in the league. So if you beat them, well, it's almost one of the one of the toughest. You know, fences. You've jumped. If you like, if you if you if you imagine them all being nineteen fences and and in the horse racing and they're all kind of different sizes. Arsenal's one of the bigger ones. I put week. it there. I put Arsenal at home with Everton at home as the two nuisances. Yeah. Like when you're really going for something, Arsenal and Everton are nuisance. Yeah, yeah. So nuisance factor. So, so fly over that one, and then and then and then City's the biggest. You, you beaches Brooks of this world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the chair. I'm, I'm still going, Adam. Uh, <laughs> and so and so, you know that 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 is that is hard, but but it's. But in a way, it's quite nice having these two tough ones at the, at the start of this of this kind of new run because because you know if four points, whatever it ends up being, you know a good return anyway. You you sort of flying into the, into, into yeah. that period. United away would be the canal turn, I think. So right. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch the stray horses as well. I don't know who the stray horses are. Mourinho, Ferguson, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Solskjaer. Yeah, of course, Ferguson. Uh, how are Ferguson? Uh, oh, did he? Uh, this is another one I've been proved right about. I knew he was back. I knew it. Ferguson, he's back. Has he got the money? Nice yeah, job. Yeah, that's a shame. He's back, puppet master. <laughs> Was in all the right. paper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Adam. All right. He was, all at, right. He was at somewhere, wasn't he? I've t- I told them once to be on their guard. <laughs> <laughs> Are you blaming us? Were we not on our guard enough? I think everyone hasn't been concentrating quite enough. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Uh, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Um, um, Amelia. Um, as John's made it clear, played nineteen, won that one sixteen, drawn three. One of the D's was versus Arsenal. Um, do we learn from that? Do we look at? Do we say that we've improved markedly since then? Do we say that their seasons got harder? How do we look at this? Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying I know they're fifth and I know they're quite good, but it's important to remember all of my friends that are Arsenal friends are shitting themselves about coming to play us and like their last game's Brighton. It's one all. Their manager takes off their best player and they don't have an entire shot in the second half. Like as much as their Arsenal, they're good and it's going to be difficult. And if we get through it, then great. Man City doesn't feel like as big a hurdle. They're probably quite scared about coming to play us, given our recent performances and how good we are at football. Gareth, have you ever seen a side be broken by one game as much as what we did to Arsenal 13-14 in 20 minutes? It wasn't even one game. It was in 20 minutes we basically ruined. We've basically done to Arsenal in 20 minutes what we've taken 15 years to do to Everton. We've absolutely <laughs> we eroded Everton over a period of time, but we ruined Arsenal in one move. We've ruined them yes. forever, and I do think there is a thing Jordan saying it there. You know that if they don't get if they get to half time and it's two nil down, three nil down, two things will happen. One, they'll all be looking at each other in the dressing room going again, and the other thing that'll happen is that Emery will be saying, "Let's just not get battered." Yeah, I mean, and that's it. I, I think we're at the stage now with this side because we just gotta we should be shouting from the rooftops how how brilliant this Liverpool side is. Because I think teams, including Arsenal, including these difficult jumps and all that, the jumps are scared of the horse, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're, they're coming here going, shit, look at them. Look how good they are. Look how good they are at the back. They don't even concede shots some games, you know what I mean? So 
it's one of them. It's the old truism of let, just let them worry about us, really, because you know you look at that. They did have a run of form. They were for for a while. People were talking about them as like an outsider for the title and things like that. That that's gone now because the drawing with Brighton and they're getting beat by Southampton and they're getting knocked out of the cup by Spurs and the drawing with Manchester United. They were shit. So you know. I, I I don't think there's anything to fear here. I just think it's another home game. It's another. It's it's at a good time. It's a, it's it's under the lights. It's a time when we can all have a bevy and get in the ground in the right state of mind and all that sort of stuff. I think I think it'll be it'll be bouncing because of it's where a great kick off time. I'm getting really yeah. drunk, by the way. I'm warning everyone. <laughs> Honestly, like I've told me this. I've told me mum. Maybe mum won't even see me, but I've just thought I should tell her. Like twenty, because I've, I've I've took it quite easy. Like I drove yesterday. Like Christmas Day, we had everyone at ours. Christmas Eve, I'd always go out, didn't prep the house. 29th my day, don't get in your way. <laughs> Tell you now. There you go. AM, AM, I'm starting. <laughs> get get well cheered them on on his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things, things are going off in the lower centenary there. It seems a bit wild. Honestly, people are going to be talking about me in hushed tones. <laughs> Stay away from him, you know, he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> it is, no, it's, a, it's, it's a Jurgen Klopp kick-off time that's my thing and it'll yeah. feel like a night game it'll feel like a European game I think it's I think it's going to be a real cauldron for Arsenal to walk into the manager almost seemed a bit disappointed in his press conference when he found out we were all going mad because City had gone to one rather than for his mighty Reds but I think I think, uh, I think Saturday at half 5 Gareth it's going to be about his mighty Reds absolutely and, and so it should be and I think you know Come let us adore them and all that. Let's get in there. Let's make a bounce and let's get behind them. And I, and I always feel when when a team like Arsenal come as well that everyone does up the game a bit because you know you go like you know they're pretenders to our crown as being a great club and stuff like that. And I know they haven't got enough European cups to be doing that, but or indeed any or any, yeah. But you know what I mean though. They they, they are a big they're a club. proper club. Yeah, there's not proper many. club. And they, they, they come with pedigree and all that. And so you you want to sort of roll out the carpet and and make sure you know the, the place is spruced up and looking good for them and so it's like you know this is how you do an atmosphere boys because you know their their ground is obviously lacking that um so i i think everton's in place for another stormer and another great result um allison starts Lovren starts van dyke starts robertson starts i'm going to say fabinho and Wijnaldum starts i'm going to say manny and salah start <clears throat> something about robert with a baby isn't he is there no milner news uh, Milner was uh, well. He hasn't done the press conference yet. Uh, Milner was. Uh, had a, had a, had a, I think it's, a, it's either a hamstring or a back. Someone's got a back. I think Moreno's got a back, and Milner's got a hamstring. I think they'll save that way for City. And I think he may sit on Milner for City. Therefore, so right back. Do you think he'll stick with Trent, or do you think he may look at Klein? No, I think so he, Trent. He puts Klein on at left back because there's something there's something in the back of his mind that he might have to play there. I think so. That's but that's more a Moreno thing, isn't it? Well, Moreno's got a back injury, yeah. Trent had a good game, I thought. He was great. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. stick with Trent. You think you'd stick with Trent? Yeah. Yeah. Young lad, didn't he? Stick with Trent. Trent goes all the way through. Okay. Um, I picked Fabinho and Wijnaldum. Do you think he may go Henderson? Do you think he may rest Henderson? Uh, and there's Kaiser and Shakiri in me in me little, me little diagram I think circles. So. I, 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 when when um, Fab came on for Gini yesterday, I thought they both start and probably Kaiser. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with that. I wouldn't start Shakiri not for any real reason. I've like I've got it in my head and convinced myself that he's an impact player, and like I don't even know if that's true because when he does start, he does quite well and somehow manages to maintain it for ninety minutes. He's a brilliant um, substitute, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think in, like I've I've got it in my head that he's an impact player and that you bring him on as a substitute. So for that reason, I don't start him. Yeah, I'm with that. I like the idea of him coming. I, I think as well. He's. He, I mean, I'm not saying he's a flat sack bully, but I think 
you know, when teams are coming and just going, we're not really having a go, he's a good fella to have around, like an extra threat. Mm. I think I think Arsenal are going to have some kind of go, yeah. which which should suit us. Uh, but nevertheless, I just like the idea of Fabinho being on the pitch and booting people and being him. Um, made up he scored, by the way. Yeah. Um, He's, he, just, he looks like he's really enjoying himself. Like there was some weird journalist who said he was unhappy. He's got a massive smile on his face, mate. It was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. His name was like Hank Scorpio or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just Justin. Was this Hank Scorpio telling me Fabinho's going back? Like a cartoon buddy. He was. Somebody Next just ate part of my lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, name might not be Hank Scorpio. Do you not think he's playing Henderson either? Think he's going to no, I think he'll play Henderson, yeah. I don't think he'll play Kaiser. I don't think he'll. Yeah. I can't even bother with Kaiser. Yeah, like I worry, I worry about him again in January. I feel I'm at the serious bit, and he's not—he's not taking himself seriously enough. So, um, so Henderson, Fabinho, and Junior, I'll go for. Okay. Um, do you think he? Does anyone else think he's going to play Henderson? Yeah. I I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Basically, I I I I just decided yesterday that it was going to be Kaita, but it might be it it may it may just be Henderson might be the thing that we need because he did. He just he just keeps that tempo driving, doesn't he? And and I, I thought he was good yesterday. Mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, up front, um, I I sort of talk myself when talking about little looks. I've talked myself into a Paddy Saint-Germain Daniel Sturridge, uh, which may be complete nonsense, but that he might go Mane, Salah, and and, and Sturridge, and let Mane and Salah basically play up front, and have Sturridge sort of come and come and talk a little bit deeper and be and look get it give it he looked great play. I'm yeah. so I'm just I'm still surprised he didn't score it just yeah. seemed it seems inevitable the story yeah. was just going to score but he, just, he looked he looked great he looked so bright and and you know lean fast fast feet but really good yesterday I think with for me you know though I think he's been first sub off last two games and I think that might be because you know he's not playing that well but I think Generally, he'll leave for me now on. So I think he's being careful with him, thinking I, mm. I, I want to get him all through this. Mm. I think it's just a case of, you know, that Wolves game's going to be like I don't know, seventeen changes or something, isn't mm. it? And like I think, you know, he's just he's just going to ask everyone just to keep going, keep going until then. And the and the gaps are quite nice, aren't they? Yeah. Like yeah. you've been worse. Yeah. You've when I think worse. that Wednesday three to Saturday R five. Is, is a big enough gap that you could probably just play the same team. I think, was it last year or the year before when we had the worst ones and Chelsea had the best ones? Yeah. That, and we have got that gap this time, so we've, yeah. got, to, we've got to remember There's to not know. Then it's Thursday again, isn't yeah. it? And I just yeah. think you'll just think, you know, I think if he was good at, if he was that worried about rotation, I think he'd have done more against Newcastle. Than he that's, yeah, that's Newcastle why changed I was surprised. like six, didn't they? I thought that the fr- I thought Sturridge was going to be in the start in front yeah. three just because yeah. it felt like of the two games it was the obvious one to give one of the front yeah. three a rest. Yeah. But if he hasn't done it then, then I don't see why he does it for Arsenal. Really, it would be nice if Sturridge started, but I don't. I think maybe he sticks with the same front three. Was it? In- it was interesting the Newcastle team. He picked a defensive team and told them to attack. Yeah. I don't know what double bluff. No. Just for the first time. <laughs> I guess That's it was, what he went in. What I mean, it just did. That was his team talk. I guess he was trying to nick one and sit on it. Well, either that or he was they, throwing they looked the game. quite good. He might have been throwing Though it's going to be like Atchaberg and Golem, Pep Linders up front. Imagine if Pep's just a sub because he's like a game and he's going to get on and get five at the end. Have you noticed, by the way, like, you know, you know the way people fume about mad things because that's the internet and stuff? No, no one's mentioning Boovac to me anymore. Oh, where's, where's, the, where's the Boovac tweet, oh, boys? I'd just like to know how different it would have been. Boovac truthers. <laughs> 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 it was mad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the Boovac 
truth is all quiet for now. Uh, truth movement. <laughs> we'll rear its head again if we ever draw. Uh, if we ever indeed draw the game. Um, all right, then. You all seem just ridiculously happy, which is brilliant. It's marvellous. We're doing a live show. Uh, me, Gareth, John will be at On Air on, um, and other people, by the way. Uh, but we haven't sorted so people that People get yet. to see the live drunkenness of John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. we're on stage. As I didn't realise you had work to do. We're on <laughs> it's not real work. We're on stage. We're on stage. <laughs> we're on stage at one p.m. And I reckon by that point, John will have been drinking for two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, Plus, Neil and Gareth are both really good at like yeah. long monologues. Yeah. So I had a you know I've got, got a few, few bar trips. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I asked for the Jager bomb. When Neil does twenty to open up, and then, and then Gareth's, Gareth's got a big one in him about two thirds of the way through. So look out for that. It's always it's it's always good. Yeah. Um, that's what we're doing. So look out for like, that. You can still buy tickets. DJing and putting a long song on. Yeah, yeah going for the week. <laughs> <laughs> go um, to the bar. Uh, see tickets for the tickets, the Anfield Wrap, and you can find them through our Twitter if you want to come and see us. Uh, we're going to have an enormous amount of fun and funds raised go to between opening up cricket and the Tired campaign. Uh, pleased to work with both of them. That's what we're up to. Everyone's saying we're beating Arsenal, aren't we? Is anyone not saying we're beating Arsenal? Anyone yeah, worried? I think, I think we'll batter them. Do you think we'll batter them? Yeah. Batter? Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll batter them. I think do you it's batter. Okay, two batters. I, I do actually. I think I just think it's as Amelia was sort of saying before. It's 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 they're, they're not going to be looking forward to this. It's a nasty I'm, time. You conceded a lot of goals recently. They, you they know, conceded. They, they 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 do keep conceding. They've only won two on the road in the league since October. Um, there's that to point out. I think it might be a little bit more of a squeak that becomes a batter than yeah. a batter. Uh, so I'm squeaky batter, uh, Gareth. <laughs> I I I think we batter them. I, batter I, three batters, yeah. one squeaky batter. I don't think they're in the right place mentally to cope with what. Liverpool are going to offer. Okay. I'll tell you what. <laughs> if, if they were, they're not after them. <laughs> let's get them to one air. Uh, Amelia. Yeah, go on, let's bat them. Batter. Okay, four batters, one squeaky batter. That's the Anfield Raps weekend of this week. Take it easy. This is real football analysis. Sports Social Podcast Network.